Welcome to the Kingdom Life San Antonio podcast. For more information about Kingdom Life San Antonio, check out KingdomLifeSA.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. And this is weird. This is a little weird for me. Um, Being here not so much as a guest speaker, but part of the crew, part of the family here, because we're going to regularly attend here as well, and not just when we're speaking, but just to be here, because we love you guys and love this leadership, love this church. Um, yeah, so it's hot. <laughs> it's a wet heat. <laughs> Coming from California, it's different. It's awesome. Um, I've shared a little piece of this here before, but I want to take it a little bit different way. I want to tell you an experience I had with the Word of God. I've, I've loved the Word all of my life. Uh, I got saved at 14, 14 and a half years old, and immediately started preaching the gospel, actually. I, I, w- uh, I was with a band, and I was... Uh, the guitar player and kind of preacher of the band, evangelist of the band. And and so I started preaching then and just kind of never stopped. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I've always loved the word. And um, more than a decade ago, the Lord uh, kind of shifted my relationship with the word a little bit. And that's the part that I've shared with you before. But I want to take it uh, somewhere today. And I'll kind of remind you about what we talked about, is that I would read the word two ways. I would read the word informationally, and I'd read the word inspirationally. In other words, I'd read to just renew my mind and get it in my memory banks, to just really get the word in me. And I think that's super important, to just know the word. And I I, I think that's even different right now with digital um, a lot of us don't, like, I'm, I don't have a physical Bible with me today, but, uh, you know, I have my phone and everything. But there is something about, like, in your Bible Bible, like, you know where it is, you know, the page, you can almost see the page, and there's something tactile about it as well. But, um, but there's also benefits to the whole digital side as far as being able to access anything so quick. But having said that, let me encourage you, get the word in you. Like, when it's quickly accessible like that, sometimes we don't memorize it or we don't meditate on it. But there is an incredible value to having the word in you. Everybody just say amen with me. Just whether you agree or not, just say it <laughs> till you do. Because um, it, it is, it's important. So I would read informationally. And for me, uh, growing up, what that looked like is I'd, I'd have different studies at different times. Like sometimes I would read a, you know, uh, like a Old Testament and a New Testament, you know, chapter each day. Or I'd read a proverb and a psalm every day. Or I'd read, you know, I'd read the book of John, you know, through every day or whatever, you know. Just different study times throughout my life to just stay familiar with the word. And I want to encourage you to do that. Read for information, just get the word in you. But the second way that I would read the word, and I did this for 30 years, 
is I would read inspirationally. And that's different. That's reading till something jumps off the page and grabs you. You know, it's, it's, it's going from the logos or the written word to the rhema, the revelatory word. The word that's speaking to you and feeding you. And a lot of people think that by knowing the word, they're feeding on the word. But feeding on the word is different. It's when you're reading for inspiration, you're reading till something shifts in you. You're reading until something grabs you and begins to reshape you. And that's actually what Scripture calls the renewing of your mind. There's a transforming effect that happens there. And I want to encourage you not just to read informationally, but to read inspirationally as well. Learn to feed upon the Word of God. Learn to meditate on it. And, 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 um, and then don't just read informationally. Read things that inspire you, and as soon as you're inspired, it's okay to stop. Like, just stop and let that speak to you a little bit. Sometimes we get in the habit of a type of study, and we keep following through with the habit rather than chewing the food that was in that little piece, you know? And so, again, I did that for 30 years, and it served me really well. But about 10 years ago, I had the Holy Spirit say, I want to teach you a new way to read the Word. I'm like, wow, that sounds exciting. And, um, and, and the word he said was, it could be offensive to some of you. So I just want to warn you right now, um, and I'm not recommending the Word. I'll take it into something that's a little more palatable in just a moment. But have you ever had God use a word just to shock you? Like, have you, have you ever had him say something, and he's just kind of sh- shocking you out of your normal mindset? Okay? He said, you've read informationally. Yes. And he's like, good job. And you've read inspirationally. Yep. Good job. And he goes, I want you to read incantationally. I was like, what? Incantation? Like, I looked it up. It means to, like, speak a spell or to perform magic. I'm like, that can't be right. <laughs> like, get behind me, whoever you are. <laughs> and and uh, he said, he said, Dan, you'd never read from a magic book, would you? Like, you'd never read out loud from a magic book, would you? And I said, no, Lord, I'd never do that. And he goes, why? And I said, well, because I'd be afraid that I'd open a door or, or that a spirit would get attached to what I'm saying. And he goes, how come you never read my word like that? I was like, I thought I I was. But he said, yeah, you wouldn't read from a book of magic out loud because you're afraid of its power to create. And it's power to open doors and open realms and call forth spirits. And he said, but didn't I say in Hebrews 4.12 that my word is living and active and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword? Didn't Jesus say in John 6.63, he said, these words that I speak are life and spirit. 
He said they're life and they are spirit. In other words, they have the power to create realities. They have the power to open doors and close doors and to call forth spirits. And like, I don't want to get hokey or, 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 or too weird with this, but we're probably not getting weird enough with the word. It's not enough to have an intellectual relationship with the word. It could make you dangerously religious. There's so many things that we believe we believe that we don't actually practice. And again, I, I wouldn't say that's faith. I would say that's spiritual fantasy. That we fantasize about a lot of things that we don't actually act on or move on or do. And we call them belief systems. And they really aren't qualified for that. <laughs> They aren't qualified for that. You don't believe anything that hasn't hit, hit your feet. Like if you're not actually doing it, you don't believe it yet. It hasn't become a part of you. See, Jesus was the word become flesh and dwelling among us. And God wants that to happen for you too. He wants you not just to know the word and feed on the word. He wants you to be the word. He, he doesn't want you just to have a prophetic message. He wants you to be the prophetic message. He, want, he doesn't want you to just do signs and wonders. He wants you to be the sign and the wonder. <laughs> That's a fun one to practice unexpectedly. <laughs> when the Lord makes you a sign and a wonder when you didn't intend it. I don't know. I don't think I've ever told this story here, but this was... 20 years ago, and um, I was with a bunch of pastors that I really respected, and uh, <laughs> I think it was somewhat mutual. We were driving in a car, and we were at a Bill Johnson uh, seminar in the very early days, and, and Bill had just shared. We were driving back. It was late at night, and the only thing open, I don't know if you guys have these here, Carl's Jr. Do you have Carl's Jr. here? Okay. Huh? No, no, I don't. It was the only thing open. That was part of the story. That was part. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, their mascot is a star with a big smiley face on it. Okay? So I, uh, we, we were coming back from this meeting, and one of the pastors asked me a question. He's like, hey, why do you think this is happening? And right when he asked it, we were pulling in to get something to eat late at night, and, um, and I had a revelation, and I answered it. And, and actually, the answer was something about fear. And I stepped in to the Carl's Jr., and as I did, Holy Spirit overwhelmed me with his presence, like absolutely overwhelmed. I'm with these three other pastors, and, and I, I was able to kind of point and grunt at the menu in front of me, but I was really, I was only half there, you know, and then she handed me the cup, and it had that smiling star on it. And I'm not kidding. I was so out of it in the Holy Ghost, I said, dude, I know how you feel. <laughs> to the cup. And when I said that, I fell on the floor in the Carl's Jr. late at night, like before they clean. <laughs> and I'm rolling around. 
on the floor by like the little ketchup station, you know what I mean? Where it's, it's extra na- nasty over there, you know? And man, all the pastors backed off and went to the other side of the restaurant, which I probably would have done too. And I just had me a little Holy Ghost encounter for about 15, 20 minutes. And uh, so, you know, it's not always convenient when God makes you a sign and a wonder rather than doing signs and wonders. But me and the happy star, we have a special relationship. (laughs) And the funny thing is we got back to the house where all the wives were waiting because this was a men's meeting. And we got back and... uh, and it was silent all the way home, like from, from Carl's all the way home, maybe an hour and a half, not a sound in the car. We walk into the house, and, and uh, one of the wives asks, oh, how was the meeting? And they go, oh, great, but this guy. And as soon as he said this guy, he fell on the floor. And started rolling around. And I'm like, oh, I feel vindicated now. (laughs) But we've digressed a little bit. (laughs) What we're talking about, though, is it's not enough to know the word. It's not enough to feed upon the word. There is a level of incarnation that needs to happen. Like it happened with Jesus Christ, that he was the word become flesh and dwelling among us. We need the informational part. We need the inspirational part. But this church, because it's built on such a prophetic and apostolic foundation, which means basically the prophetic is what we receive and the apostolic is what we do in a way. It's like the prophetic is the vision, the apostolic is the mission. In other words, everybody's hearing from God and being sent to do something awesome. That's, that's very simply what it means. But because we're built on this kind of foundation, it's important that we also have this kind of word, uh, relationship with the Word. And that is that the Word truly is living and active and powerful. That we're not only believing it up here, we're not only feeding upon it, but we are using the Word to create the reality around us. We are using the word to open and close heaven and hell. That we literally have the keys to the kingdom of God. And much of that is how we are interacting with the word of God. And one of the things my mentor taught me many years ago was, he said, Dano, there's times when you just need to push the word out and hide behind it. You know, like, just push the word out in front of you and hide behind it. But I want to show you a little bit what a incantational, or let's use a softer word now. Now that the shock factor is over, let's use like an impartation uh, word, okay? So information, inspiration, and then impartation. In other words, I'm releasing it into the atmosphere to create something, to do something, to open a gate, to open a door. And I'm sorry I got here quite late, but is it possible to put Psalm 145, like the first few verses up there on the, and I I like the New International right now, so maybe we could do it from that if that's possible. And 
I'm sorry for um, not talking to you about that earlier. By the way, amazing mix. Good job. That was sounded so good. It was great. I loved what you did with the cajon, too. It sounded so big. Uh, Psalm 145, New International. Just the first couple of verses will be fine for right now. And, uh, and what I want to do is, as the Lord was saying, okay, I want you to read the word incantationally. One of the things I did is I learned to pray the word, but not just pray it as a declaration, but to pray it in partnership with the Holy Spirit to create specific outcomes. It really is kind of like a, a prophetic prayer. What is a prophetic prayer, or prophetic intercession? Intercession is when we pray for somebody else besides ourselves, and uh, which some people never do. <laughs> they pray, but they never intercede, you know? And um, you, you, could, you could grow. Um, that would be good. But prophetic intercession is when we pray what God is saying or doing. When we come into a level of agreement with it that actually releases it or creates it in the atmosphere. All right, so what I began to do was to take portions of Scripture and begin to speak them. Okay, we're going to go back to offense for just a moment. All right? I began to speak them like I was speaking a spell, not in a scary, freaky way, but with that expectation of as I say this, something is being created. A door is opening. A spirit is getting attached to it, okay? I had to use that uncomfortable metaphor for a while to break me out of the routine that I had with the word. I had to get to something beyond myself, something a little bit bigger, something a little bit different. And so I'm just going to model that for a moment, and then I'm going to release you guys to do some of it as, as well, okay? So we'll do a little activation model here tonight. Is this okay? Am I right? <laughs> I can't read you yet, Joey. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> well, Kelly, I know you're going to be good with it. <laughs> okay, so uh, I will exalt you. My God, the King, I will praise your name forever and ever. Okay, now, in just this first verse, one of the things I'm going to do is as I declare it, I am going to release that sense of worshiping him for eternity. Now, we know that as a reality, but I want to speak it over myself in a way like I'm, I will always be a worshiper. I will always adore you. I will always, and, and realize that I'm not declaring it, okay? I am, in a sense, co-creating it. I'm co-creating that reality with Christ. Are you, are you with me? Are you okay? All right, so I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. All right, as I say that, I, pr I will praise your name forever and ever and I want you to just picture you, picture yourself in that place of unending praise. Picture yourself in that place of being before the throne of God and being so awed by Him, 
just so overwhelmed. Think about those four living creatures circling the throne that are covered with eyeballs. Those are some, those are some freaky looking dudes right there, the seraphim. And they have six wings, and even on their wings, they're covered with eyeballs. Why? Because they have unlimited perspective of him who sits on the throne. And they're still getting wiped out by what they see in God. All right? That's you. That's you. I'm not saying you are one of those. I'm saying picture yourself in that same way, being before the throne of God and being just in awe. I mean, we sang it tonight, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, and it, it created something in the room. Take that to an exponential degree of really beholding him and see that over yourself for all eternity. As a matter of fact, later in this chapter, it's going to say the greatness of God no one can fathom. Oh, yeah, it's in verse 3. Uh, the greatness of God no one can fathom. But um, with that, one of the things that it's saying is every attribute of God is an eternal adventure. All right, everything you can know about God, you will never reach the end of. Do you know one of the reasons you're eternal is because God promised you could know him? And it will take that long to fully know God. So if you ever wondered, why are we going to live forever? Because he promised you could know him. And because his greatness no one can fathom, no one can reach the end of, he had to make you eternal just so you could know him. So enter into that realm for a minute. Ha, 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 ha. Ooh. All right. Now the next verse. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. I love how it says this in the Amplified Version. It says in the Amplified, every day with new reasons and revelations I will praise you. Isn't that good? Every day with new reasons and new revelations I will praise you. All right. This is one of the things I call the master key of the kingdom of God is the knowledge of him. However you know him, that unlocks the fullness of Christ inside of you. But every day with new reasons and revelations. In other words, I'm not praising from the same place every day. Every day I'm exponentially growing in reasons and revelations that cause me to praise. If that's a reality you would like, speak that scripture over yourself, not just as a declaration, because I don't know, declarations have gotten a little, I mean, I believe in declarations, but the word declaration has got into our religious vocabulary. So some of you need to speak it more like a spell, to be honest, like an incantation. No, you do, because you got to shatter the shell of what we think it means and come into a place where the word of God is living, active, and powerful. Where Jesus said, the words I speak, they are spirit. They are life. Where Jesus Christ is the word become flesh and dwelling among us. We, we've got to press into a deeper relationship with the word that not only transforms us but begins to transform the world around us that really begins to have an impact. Because if you're more afraid to read out of a little spell book than you are 
out of a Bible, then your devil is bigger than your God. And his word is more powerful than this word. And so we've got a problem there, don't we? So we need to at least have as much faith for the Bible as you do faith in darkness and in deception. Do you see what I'm saying? We need to at least have that measure. And so again, we begin to speak over ourselves every day. I will praise you with new reasons and new revelations. And I like Psalm 119 really connects into this. It says, Lord, open my eyes that I might behold wonderful things in your word. In other words, I, I, I want to see the wonders. I want to see the awe of who you are. I want to see the awe of the revelatory realm. Lord, I'm opening myself up to that. Do you see? It's a little bit different than just, I believe it, I receive it. That's, that's good. That's not a bad thing. I'm just saying there's more. I'm just saying there's more. It's meditating upon it. It's speaking it over yourself in a way that, again, is co-creating, that is incarnational, that is incantational in a way, that is an impartation into the atmosphere and into those around you. And then we have that verse that I, I, I kind of already jumped ahead. Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. You can't reach the end of his greatness. So this is why the scripture says that he wants you to know the love that surpasses knowledge. Because no matter how much you know, there's still more. All right? No matter how much you have, like, once you've had an encounter with the love of God, you know that. But there's still more than that. And when you press into the next measure, now you know that. And there's still more than that. And this keeps on going for all eternity. It's like a pie equation. It's just going and going and going and just circling and circling and circling. And so his greatness no one can fathom. As a matter of fact, this is a little side note. But this is why uh, creative people spiral. People in creativity, they spiral. is because when you are creating, you're actually flowing in the divine nature. Okay? We know that creativity comes from the divine nature, but creativity is actually flowing in the divine nature. Why is there like a tormented artist syndrome? Because... When you start creating, you're actually touching the infinite. And then when you try to reproduce what you see or hear or feel or sense, it doesn't look like what you felt, what you touched, what you heard. And that frustration will either spin you down or lift you up, depending on whether you give thanks and honor to the Lord or whether, you, uh, or whether you 
kind of deny that reality or ignorant of that reality. That's why Romans 1, verse 20 and 21, it says, For though they knew God, they did not acknowledge Him as God or give thanks to Him. Therefore, their thinking became futile and their hearts became darkened and they gave themselves over to impurity with a continual lust for more. What happened? Their thinking got messed up. Their heart got dark. Why? Because they touched the infinite but they didn't look up. They touched the infinite and they looked down and it began to pull them down. And what was meant to be a tractor beam to pull you into the glory realms of divine union becomes the frustration of humanity in the shadow of infinity, of eternity. And so that's why creative people spiral down when they don't acknowledge that while I'm creating, why does this seem so imperfect compared to what I thought or sensed or felt or, or that initial inspiration? Because when you did that, you touched eternity and the greatness of God no one can fathom. And guys, then when you create something, releasing it becomes an act of humility rather than a demonstration of someone who's arrived. Because you're saying, this is where I'm at so far in the journey, not this is the ultimate, you know, this is the ultimate manifestation of this reality. You see what I'm saying? Am I losing you? I, okay, all right. All right, you're just thinking hard then. Okay. Are you spinning up or spinning down? That's all I want to know. This is an important concept. His greatness no one can fathom. The four living creatures can't fully get how awesome God is. The 24 elders before the throne keep getting wiped out, throwing their crowns before the Lord because they're so in awe of his greatness and his majesty. And we have moments of touching that infinite nature, that eternal nature, and those moments are those aha moments. They're those divine downloads, those ideas and, and those inspirations, and in those moments, you have an opportunity to, to be tractor beamed up into the glory realm or to spiral down into the imperfect shadow of the eternal. And so, as we pray this, great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. We're acknowledging how infinitely powerful and great and majestic and awe-inspiring he is. Um, there's a, I'm, I'm getting off track, but it's good. So I'm going to go there one more time, and then we're going to get back and finish this and give you a little activation quick. Okay. There is a concept that is also embedded in this. And the embedded concept is this. That answers to problems will not come through your memory banks. They'll not come through what you have known, what you've studied, what you've thought. Answers to problems won't come in that way. And this is why sometimes you lay on your bed and you'll cycle through a problem over and over and over again trying to come up with the answer, it's because you have your mind on the job rather than your spirit on the job. 
And your spirit is the place of revelation. Your spirit is the place of insight. And your mind is just the memory banks. It's, if, 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 it's, if the answer is not on your hard drive, you can search all day. You're not going to find it. And this is why Einstein said that a problem cannot be solved with the same mindset that created it. And so you have to realize the problem you're trying to answer, the way you think created that problem. So trying to find it in your brain, trying to find the answer or the solution in your brain or in your memory banks is only going to cause more frustration, downward spiral, futile thinking, darkened heart, giving up. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, if you can't solve a problem with the same mindset that created it, then you need to get out of your mind. You need to get out of your mind. You actually need to get into a realm that is outside of yourself so that you can access him. And this is where Colossians 2 comes in. That in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, verse 2. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And they're not hidden from us. They're hidden for us to discover in him. But to get there, you have to get out of the way you're thinking now and into the way that he thinks which is why you need a greatness that you can't fathom. Because, guys, if you'll learn to not push against mystery, but embrace mystery, all right? Like, embrace mystery, embrace wonder. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, that's what it's for. Okay? You can't fight the mystery. You can't fight the not knowing because that puts you into that spiral. What you have to do is embrace the Lord in the midst of the mystery. The God of mystery, the God of wonder. You enter into that place that no one can fathom. And when you do, you've surrendered the way that you think and you've become vulnerable to a higher way of thinking, a higher way of understanding. You begin to access the treasures of wisdom and knowledge through surrendering your reason, which is why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. But if you'll acknowledge him in your ways, then you'll get direction. He'll direct your path. And so it's yielding your understanding to the mystery and acknowledgement of the Lord so that you can get out of your current way of thinking and access solutionary thinking from the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are in the person of Christ. And so we, this greatness no one can fathom, do you see why it's so good for you to speak this over yourself? Oh, Lord, your greatness no one can fathom. Even in the company of the holy ones, your name is held in awe and reverence and fear. Oh, God, there is no one like you. Come on, we sang it. There's no one like you in the heavens or on the earth. There's no one like you in the heavens or on the earth. But what are you saying? Enter the spiral up. Enter the tractor beam of infinity. 
Enter the glory realm of things you can't understand, things that are too great for you, and, and allow yourself to behold them. Allow yourself to experiencing them without understanding, but just acknowledging and giving thanks, and those kind of downloads, that kind of enlargement will happen for you. All right, verse 4, one greatness, commend, uh, one generation commend your works to another. Oh, wait, on those first three verses, real quick, if you've been, if you've been feeling stale or plateaued in your devotion or your worship life, okay, would you just courageously stand your feet? Listen, it happens to all of us from time to time, but if, if you felt kind of stale or plateaued in one of those two areas or in both of those areas, I want you to stand to your feet, and we're going we're gonna to speak this over you, all right? We're going to speak this over you. Ha, 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 Whoo! Thank you, Lord. Lord, we exalt you, our God and our King, which... God is intimacy. King is majesty. The glories of intimacy, the glories of majesty, and that paradox over you, we just declare in Jesus' name. I will praise your name forever and ever. Father, for these that are standing, we speak an awakening of the eternal realm. Lord, we speak an awakening of eternal praise, that our praise would flow from the fountain of wonder, our praise would flow, Lord God, from that sense of something that cannot even be grasped within a human lifetime. Lord, restore the wonder and the innocence and the mystery and the awe and the majesty of who you are. Father, I declare over them, every day they will praise you with new reasons and revelations. So God, I speak an opening of the eyes to see things we've never seen before. The opening of the ears to hear things we've never heard before. Lord, that every day there would be reminders of reasons to praise you. And there would also be new revelations that are pulling us forward, pulling us into thanksgiving, pulling us in to praise. And Father, we declare that your greatness... <laughs> We have only scratched the surface. We have only heard the faintest whispers of how great you are. And so, Lord, we enter, we touch. Stretch out your finger for a moment as a prophetic act and just say, we touch eternity. We touch the infinite. We touch the transcendent. And, Lord, we do it through the divine union granted us through the person of Jesus Christ. Now, Father, break the box. <laughs> break the box of our routine, break the box of our religion, and open us in to the place of spirit and life. Lord, open us into the place of divine union, and give us, Lord, fresh, fresh manna, fresh bread from heaven. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. All right. In the next few verses, can you throw those up for me too? Can you do five, six, and seven? You're great. Thank you so much. All right. It's talking about generations. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. I will meditate 
on your wonderful works. Okay, we're going to do this one right now over people that are burdened for a family member. Because there's a I section and there's a they section. And we begin to declare. Now remember, as we're declaring this, I want you to see it as if it was an incantation. In other words, in, in, like you're speaking magic over them, all right? I, I don't want that to take you to a dark place. If it does, then pull out. But, but if it kind of breaks your religious box, that's good. That's what we're wanting, okay? It's more of a creational idea because I think we declare from a place of agreement, which is good, but not always from a place of co-creating with Christ, we're not speaking as if the words are spirit and are life, that they are active and powerful and creating something. You see what I'm saying? So that's what we want to do. But here, there is a they section and an I section. I is what you're going to do. They is what we're declaring over our generations. It can be older or it can be younger. It doesn't matter. You could be concerned for your parents or your brother or, or, or a cousin. Or you could be concerned for your children or grandchildren or something like that. But we're going to, we're going to release this over them. And, um, and so one generation will shout or declare your works to another. That's where we're starting. Is that there will be a generational connection through the supernatural. All right? So that's the first thing. That was the first part of this verse in four, that one generation will declare your works to another. There will be a generational connection through the supernatural realm. And then we're going to go into the they section. They tell of your mighty acts. All right, can you see it? Can you see this person that you have on your heart testifying of mighty acts that they're encountering? Ha, ha, ha. I can see my daughter, Tambri, just turned 15 years old. Two years ago on the way home from school, she was beaten. Walking home from school, another kid videoing, beating random people up. They stopped and brutally beat my daughter till she, till she got brain damage, traumatic brain injury. She's had 24-7 migraines for two years, hasn't been able to be in school, um, falling way behind in school. This beautiful, powerful young lady, and when I speak that, they tell of your mighty acts. I see her up sharing her testimony before the crowd, not just the testimony of how she's endured it, but how she overcame it in Christ Jesus. I see the mighty acts, and I'm speaking them not just in faith. I am co-creating them with Holy Spirit. You, you see what I'm saying? You do that with your situation as well. All right? They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. Oh, I can barely stay here right now. I just want to go into a glory realm <laughs> just by even speaking that. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. What do you think, what do you think the wonderful works are that I'm meditating on? What you're doing in them. Do you get it? 
I, de- I declare, I agree, I co-create with the Lord that one generation will declare your works to another. We will have a generational connection in the supernatural as they tell of your mighty acts and they speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I'm just going to stand back in wonder and meditation on what you've done and what you're doing in their life. Whoa. Verse 6, they'll tell of the power of your awesome works as I proclaim your great deeds. They'll celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Can you see it? Because if you can see it, you can have it. (laughs) If you can see it, you can co-create it. If you can see it, you can speak it into being. Because why? Because his words are spirit and they are life and this is his word that we're speaking but do you see it's not just reading for information keep doing that get the word in you hide the word in your heart reading for inspiration yes you must personally feed off the word of God but it's also reading reading the word like a incantation or impartation or an incarnation where I'm co-creating that word, where I'm releasing it with an expectancy of doors opening, closing, of spirits attaching to it, of something happening, that I at least have the expectancy of what I might have with some kind of spell that I'd be afraid to say. I'd be careful with my words because, because I would have that expectancy. That's what I'm saying is open that faith door over yourself and, and begin to enter into this place, and, and it's, it's really created some cool things, some fun things. So right now, you're carrying somebody on your heart. Maybe, maybe we all are, but I, you're being stirred <laughs> as I'm sharing this of somebody that you're carrying on your heart. Why don't you stand uh, if there's this sense of one generation declaring to another um, and, and, and then just enter into it. I'm going to read it one more time. And as we do, just enter into it. And you can even use their name. So they will tell of your mighty acts. Lord, I see Tambri standing on the stage declaring before people and giving them hope that from a brutal and hopeless situation that, that there's life and there's hope and and, and, and just everything being restored even to another realm, another measure. Okay, speak it over your situation now. Speak it over your person. It's okay. You can, you can speak out loud in the atmosphere or you can whisper it from your lips. But I would make some kind of sound if I were you. I wouldn't just think it or, or silently pray it. I would release it into the atmosphere. That's part of that creative force. All right, as you see that happening, press on to the next piece. And they'll speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. See them, being, see them touching the glory of God. See them beholding his splendor, beholding his majesty. See it and speak it from that place. Speak it from that place. Come on, create it. You're a little bit quiet. You don't have to shout it. But... It's good if your ears hear you. It is. It's good if your ears hear you. Now can you see yourself when this happens? 
Come on, look at yourself. Just hover above yourself and see what, what is happening in them, what that's doing for you. Ha, ha, ha. As you meditate on the wonderful works that the Lord is doing. Wow. Woo. Thank you, Lord. And then they press on. They tell of your power, the power of your awesome works. And I proclaim the greatness of your deeds. Then they celebrate your abundant goodness. Wow. Do you see them in extravagant acts of praise and extravagant responses to the goodness of the Lord? They joyfully sing of your righteousness. Ooh, wow. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Them discovering the righteousness of Christ and being totally set free from any bondage of performance. Oh, wow. And see, we could just go on and on in this verse. Journey deeper and deeper in, but we're not just feeding, we're not just learning, we're not just meditating. We are entering into a position of co-creating a reality by speaking words that are spirit and life, of entering into a place where His Word is living and active and powerful. It's sharp, it's penetrating And so, Father, we penetrate the atmosphere. We penetrate the darkness. Lord, we penetrate to the dividing even of soul and spirit with this living, active, powerful word. And I pray today that there would be a birthing in this room. Lord, there would be a impartation in this room of grace. There would be a tutoring in this room of of the Holy Spirit to enter into an even more creative place with the Word of God. And Lord, we love your Word. We honor your Word. Let it be living and active and powerful among us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website at kingdomlifesa.com for more podcasts, updates, and events, or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a blessed day.